Absolutely. Alrighty, guys. So uh, for today, we got our first round draft recap segment with uh, your draft expert, Liam Elsison. Say hello, Liam. Uh, hello, everybody. Thank you for having me back on the show, Matt. Yes, of course. So, uh, Liam, let's get it started. So let's hear what you got. All right. So let's start off with, you know, first round last night. Uh, there were some, you know, great picks. So I'm going to start out with my best picks here. You know, I think the first best pick, this is kind of a given, is Chase Young, the Ohio State DN, going to Washington. You know, of course, Washington gets this great grade here, gets that A-plus grade. Why? Because they took the best player in the draft. You know, that that's an absolute given right there. But another one of my best picks, I got Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback out of Alabama. He's going to Miami. Now, the reason I like this pick is it is great value. You know, I think in a normal year, right, of course, we have this COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, teams would be able to evaluate to his hip a little more, and the Dolphins would be forced to give up a lot of capital, potentially move up to number two to guarantee that they get to it if this were a normal year. But because of this year, they evaluated him. They got that second opinion on the doctor about his recovery. And they stayed put at number five and still got him and two other picks in the first round. They didn't have to give up anything, but still got the guy that they were wanting this whole draft into. A, so that's another one of my best picks. Another one of my great picks is C.D. Lamb, the wide receiver from Oklahoma, going at 17th pick to Dallas. Uh, now, why I like this pick? Because it's a lot of great value. You know, if you think about it, a guy who I had top 15 in in the draft is falling all the way to 17 and dallas's offense looks loaded yeah dak prescott ezekiel elliott amari cooper michael gallup and adding in a dynamic playmaker in cd lamb and probably my last of the best picks of my a plus grades here is clyde edwards elaire the yep. 32nd pick going to the chiefs He's a great running back out of LH, and I like this pick because the Chiefs really went to free agency, made sure they kept a lot of their guys so they weren't forced to draft any position, and they took Edward Tolaire here, who is a true third down, like three down running back, who can be on the field, run the football, just down opponents, just throws, but then also he can catch the ball really well, made a ton of plays for Joe Burrow and LSU, catching the ball last year. That Chiefs offense, I don't know how you stop it when they added Clyde Edwards Elair with the 32nd pick. Yeah, for sure. That was a great pick. I thought I was really excited to see that too. Last pick of the draft. Of course, they went right there yeah, with Clyde. Yeah, absolutely. Though. The fifth LSU player setting that record, I believe, or at least coming close to the Miami yep. team yep. in 2004. Uh, but no, I, I love that uh, that Clyde Edwards Elair pick. It's a great pick for the Chiefs. They, they really hit a home run right there. Yeah, for sure. So uh, you, uh, you got some reaches, right? Yeah, I do. I do have some reaches. You know, some teams do make do make mistakes, get players when they you know they really can just wait for them. Um, and one of my first reaches is AJ Terrell, the 16th pick to at the Atlanta Falcons. And I don't like this pick. I think it's a reach because Terrell is a guy who could have been available later in the first round. The Falcons could have traded back and still gotten him. But they were forced to draft Terrell here. The Falcons did nothing to address the cornerback position in free agency. They let Desmond Trufant go. So they really boxed themselves into a corner. They had to take a cornerback here. And they, they were forced to go with A.J. Terrell with C.J. Henderson and Jeff Okuda already off the board earlier. 
I feel like this was a big reach for a guy who I had late first, early second round grades on going all the way up at 16. I, I really feel like that was a big reach. For sure. Um, also, I got to I got to pick your mind on this. Andrew Thomas at number four for the Giants. What was your take on that? Oh, he was. I was just about to get to him as one of my reaches. You know? Okay. I think. Uh, I think with Thomas going number four to the Giants, the Giants had the entire tackle class of this 2020 draft to choose from. And you know, I wouldn't say this is a major reach here for Thomas because I still had him as a top 15 guy off the board before the 15th pick but they the, the Giants could have gone anywhere with this tackle class you know guys like Tristan Wirfs, Jedrick Bills Jr., Mackie Becton you know you hear these guys being all interchanged at the top tackle but you never really hear Andrew Thomas's name as the top tackle in this class and that's what the Giants made him I think he's the top 15 guy but all the way up at number four that's a reach I had him picked uh, in, in between 10 and 15 yeah, I feel like number four. That was a big reach for the Giants. For sure, definitely. And anyways, and my last kind of reach here a little bit is Isaiah Wilson, the tackle out of Georgia, going 29th to the Titans. The Titans they live and breathe with the running game and Derrick Henry, and you know they're losing Jack Conklin. He's going up to Cleveland, so they had to replace him, bringing in Isaiah Wilson, a guy who a lot of people had kind of a second round grade on, maybe late, you know, late first, like around the 30, 30 second pick, somewhere in there. But getting him at 29, I feel like that was a little high for a guy the Titans probably could have scooped up in the second round. But, you know, of course, this team lives and dies with Derrick Henry. So they had to make sure they got him. But I still think for Isaiah Wilson, this was a little bit of a reach. Yeah. Okay, my question for you. Jacksonville Jaguars coming at number nine. They picked C.J. Henderson, correct? Uh, yes. Okay, so I was wondering, since they had, Tristan Wurst is still on the board at this time, why didn't why didn't the Jacksonville Jaguars go with a lineman here You know, to protect Minshew? That was their one of their biggest struggles last year. So I was just wondering why they went with a corner, especially C.J. Henderson in this pick, instead of, you know, potentially taking alignment see i think the jaguars they went with cj henderson this was one of my kind of surprises of the draft they went with cj henderson because you know they lost aj bouye they lost you know jalen ramsey both were they were traded away but both aren't on the roster anymore they needed to replace that that cornerback that defensive production in a loaded afc south you got deshaun watson you got philip rivers now coming in for the Indianapolis Colts, this is a this is a division that likes to pass the football, and they, they needed to really start with that as they are definitely in a rebuild here. I think they can address offensive line today. I think they can potentially even wait and address it next year. Of course, remember, they still have that second first-round pick next year they acquired from the Rams for Jalen Ramsey. So they can still address it uh, later today and they can always address it next year. But I think C.J. Henderson, he was a surprise there, but I still think it's a decent pick. Okay, and then uh, my next question for you. So Las Vegas takes rugs at 12. Do you think they should have took Judy or C.D. Lamb, or are you okay with the rugs pick there? Uh, I, I really think they should have gone with Judy or Lamb. I think those guys both are really, really good. Go wrong with either pick, yeah. but – they went with Henry Ruggs because, you know, again, they play in the AFC West. They got to deal 
with Tyreek Hill twice this season. They wanted their own Tyreek Hill. So they went with Henry Ruggs because this is going to be a league where it's going to be keep up. It's not going to be a defense first league. It's going to be keep up with the Chiefs. Who can reach 50 points first will come out the winner. That's what the Las Vegas Raiders wanted to do. Drafting Henry Ruggs, get that speed guy so they can score quickly. Correct. Okay, uh, Saints also coming in, drafting uh, who they pick? Caesar. Caesar Ruiz, Caesar center Ruiz. out of Michigan. Okay, what's your take on that pick? That was he's he's also on my surprises list here. Um, I really feel like Caesar Ruiz was a guy the Saints didn't really have a need in in the O line here. You know, um, they they really could have gone linebacker. They could have gone another playmaker. But they drafted Ruiz really to fortify the interior of that line. You know, Drew Brees, he is 41. You know, they might want to protect him, of course. You also got to think about, you know, maybe fortifying, continuing to get that offensive line young and steady because, again, Drew Brees is 41. They have to protect him now and protect his replacement later. You know, they got to make sure. So I guess Ruiz was a big surprise. You know, I can kind of make sense of that pick. But I still feel like they should have gone linebacker. They should have gone on maybe a playmaker. I, I feel like this pick will probably end, we're, end up working better in the long run, but we're not going to see a lot of production from Ruiz in the short term. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any more surprises you got for us? Uh, no, that's it for the surprises. But now I do, I do have some bad picks okay. <laughs> that happened in, the, in this draft. Okay. Uh, my first kind of bad pick is we go back to the Las Vegas Raiders, but not at 12. We go to them at night. Taking Damon Arnett, the yeah. cornerback out of Ohio State, who played opposite Jeff Okuda. This was just a bad, bad value pick. You know, I, I think a guy, a lot of teams had second, even third round grades on him, taking him all the way up at 19. Before some even talented guys with first round grades, taking him before a guy like Jeff Gladney, taking him before a guy like Noah. Igbenogany, if I said that right, if he's listening, <laughs> I hope I said that right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just feel like that was just bad, bad value for the Raiders at 19. And I really feel like they, they, they were one of the teams that earned probably an F grade on this pick for me. For sure. Uh, anyways, I got a couple more bad picks here. I actually, I got his uh, guy I just mentioned with the impossible name, Noah Igbenogany, <laughs> going 30th to the Dolphins. Now, why I think this is a bad pick for the Dolphins is it's just not a need. The Dolphins went into free agency needing help everywhere, and they addressed it to the tune of Byron Jones and Xavier Howard, of course, coming back from injury. He already played, but they signed Byron Jones and committed to those guys, their top two cornerbacks, a combined $157 million. And then they go out and they draft a cornerback. Yeah. In this spot at 30th, they could have used another offensive lineman. A guy like Josh Jones was available. Offensive tackle out of Houston. You'll hear his name today. You know, maybe they could have gotten another playmaker. You know, T. Higgins still available. DeAndre Swift still available at 30. They really they they could have gone a lot of different directions. I thought they should have gone offensive line or playmaker to help to but go with Noah Igbenogany, the corner, not a needed for the Dolphins, and at, you know already committing 150 plus million to their top two guys, and then drafting a cornerback, I didn't get it. Yeah, for sure. And then my last kind of bad pick here, Jalen Rager, the wide receiver out of TCU going 21st to the Eagles. This was a guy I was, you know, I saw this pick and I was like, really, Eagles? Of course, they needed wide receiver help. 
but and there were wide receivers available. This is a deep class. Now, Rager, of course, he has a first round grade. Yeah. You know, I feel like the Eagles could have dropped back a few spots from twenty one and still gotten Rager. But if they had stayed at twenty one, you got guys like Brandon Ayuk available, T. Higgins available. You got other guys out Justin there who Jefferson I have graded higher. Yeah, Justin Jefferson. I think he went the next pick. Yeah, he did. You know? So it's like they really had guys who I thought were more talented than Jalen Rager. But if, they, if he was their guy, I feel like they could have dropped back a little bit, maybe gotten some other picks to supplement this roster. But just 21 over those you know, those guys, Ayuk, Jefferson, Higgins, I feel like Rager was just the wrong pick. But still a first-round talent, but not not at not the 21st pick. Yeah, for sure. That, that was my immediate reaction when I found that out. I was like, wow, really? They had just Justin Jefferson on the board who then went next to Minnesota, which was a great steal for Minnesota. But uh, yeah, also, I want to pick your brain on the pick that the Packers took. They took uh, Jordan Love. Uh, yes, they, they traded they down did. for him. So walk, tell me, tell me what was going on there. The Packers giving up their first round pick and a fourth round pick to move up and draft Jordan Love. You know, I, I love the storyline. Aaron Rodgers is the same age as Brett Favre was when the Packers drafted Rodgers. You know, that, that's that's a fun storyline to pay attention to. And I feel like Rodgers has already – he's come out and he's and he's been very forceful with the direction the Packers' management should take. He forced out Mike McCarthy, you know, a Super Bowl-winning, great football coach. Um, and then he just wants playmakers around him. He's, he's made that desire known. And then the Packers not even informing him that they're going to take Jordan Love. You know, I feel like – he's going to be not the best mentor yeah. for Jordan love because he's almost going to be like, why are they drafting my replacement? I'm, you know, 36 still playing great football. You know, these, you're seeing guys who are you know being successful quarterbacks at 41 at 43, you know, I'm only 36. And I'm still playing great football. Why would you draft my replacement when I've been asking for help for years? Yeah. So I feel like he's not going to be the best mentor to Jordan love for sure. I, I know I was very surprised when they did that, especially trading up late in the draft, and then of course taking love. Yeah, absolutely trading up, and I think you know they could have sat and waited and maybe gotten a guy like Hertz in the second round, maybe gotten a guy like Jacob Eason. Yeah, but trading up for Jordan Love. Now I'm I like Love as a prospect, but just not this fit with the Packers. Yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, moving on. Very next pick in the draft, Seahawks at 27. They don't trade out of the first round, and then they end up taking Jordan Brooks. What was your reaction to that? Well, first of all, I was shocked when I saw that you know the Seahawks pick was in and they did not trade out of this, this spot. I was very, very blown away that that didn't happen. But uh, taking Jordan Brooks, you know, and I like this pick, and here's, here's a couple reasons why. you got to think the Seahawks went into free agency. And they got a ton of depth around the field. You know, they didn't get the superstar pass rusher. They didn't get, you know, the superstar O-lineman. But got a bunch of depth, so they didn't have a major, major need. Of course, still waiting on Jadavian Clowney, so they didn't need to take an edge rusher. The draft Jordan Brooks gives them a top three linebacker unit in the NFL. He can play alongside and learn alongside K.J. Wright and Bobby Wagner. I think this is a great pick, especially because, you know, like I was telling you last night a little bit, um, you know, they're, uh, they're third linebacker last year, and they love using three-backer sets. You know, Michael Kendricks <laughs> coming off a torn ACL, 
you know, and I don't think that's the least of his problems. I it's think he's still waiting on his, <laughs> yeah, he's still waiting on his sentencing for insider trading. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> he's got bigger problems than a torn ACL, but the Seahawks drafting Jordan Brooks, I really like the pick. I think he's an underrated guy. You know, I think he was top maybe two, three in the nation in tackles for loss last year. I think he's going to come in. I think he's going to make some great plays for Seattle. I like the pick of Jordan Brooks there. Yeah, but then my question was, you know, they got Patrick Queen on the board, and that's who Todd McShay had. Uh, he had Queen at his, as his number one inside linebacker in the draft. So I was surprised when they passed up on Patrick Queen, who then went next to Baltimore, and they took Jordan Brooks, who was maybe second round, uh, had second round written all over him. So that, that shocked me a little bit seeing that. But, I mean, I, I can understand why they took him there. Uh, because he's an outside linebacker, I guess, and not a, or no, he's an in. Ugh. Did did it say he was an outside linebacker? I think it listed him as an outside linebacker. I think he's played both inside yeah, and outside that's what at I, Texas Tech. Yeah, because I was so reading I something think. that said he was inside, but I thought I could have sworn he was outside. But yeah, I don't know about that. Um, shoot, my next question: who who do you think was the biggest steal in round one? Oh, the biggest steal. You know, this one I've actually had thought about quite a bit, and a guy who fell, and I think the Cardinals got a good one at number eight, Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. You know, I guarantee you they, they need they need offensive lineup. They need tackle help. And, you know, 48 sacks against Kyler Murray last year, that was a problem. But they can address that today. They can address that even tomorrow, second, third rounds and beyond. You know, Isaiah Simmons falling into their lap at number eight. I had him going in the top three, maybe even top four, falling to number eight. That was a steal for the Cardinals. I think, you know, the general manager for Arizona probably sitting there like, wow, I need a tackle. But this is one of the most versatile and best defenders in the draft. Yeah. You know, I mean, you constantly hear him say he's like, you know, I don't call myself a corner, a safety, a linebacker. I just call myself a defender because I can play everywhere. I think the Cardinals got a steal at number eight with Isaiah Simmons. Okay, then who do you think was the next best steal? Uh, either Tristan Wirfs or Judy? I mean, what do you think? Ooh, that, that one's a tough one. I yeah. think I'm actually going to have to agree with you. Your first one, though, Tristan Wirfs. Yeah. A guy who I had as a top tackle. Thought he would go maybe maybe if the Giants traded it back. But, of course, they went with Thomas. You know, I thought he'd go maybe Jets, Browns. But ending up in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady was probably partying in the dude's house he broke into, you know, <laughs> because he finally got his right tackle to protect him. Worf is going to do a great job in Tampa Bay. I think they maybe they, they're really ready for a legit run this year. And hopefully, you know, Tom is partying in his own house, not the dude's house he broke into. Yeah, I know. That was awesome. And I'm, I I knew we were talking about, we were like, man, Worf has got to be on suicide watch. You know, he was thinking about <laughs> being the first lineman taken and now he's dropping back and then, of course, you know, when you saw Tampa Bay trade up, you're like, oh, they got to take Worfs here. Um, but, yeah. Also, what do you what do you think about uh, the 49ers taking Javon Kinlaw at 14? Uh, see, I love Javon Kinlaw. He's one of my favorite prospects in this entire draft. I love his story. He's a kid who plays with a lot of grit and toughness, was homeless for part of his childhood growing up. Mm -hmm. He's a guy who has earned – everything and doesn't forget that he continues to earn everything he's not going to be like some guys in the nfl like jamarcus russell where he gets his paycheck and then takes a vacation you know this is a guy who has earned everything and will continue to do that and plus then look at the niners what they did right they knew their defense couldn't afford to keep around everybody 
So, of course, end up with a sign-and-trade of DeForest Buckner, sending him to Indianapolis for a first-round pick. And then they draft his replacement, a perfect replacement for him in Javon Kinlaw. John Lynch did a great job in this draft, taking one of my favorite guys in Javon Kinlaw. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you have any uh, predictions for round two? Well, I think in round two, we're going to see a lot of the running back position. Running backs, only one take in the first round, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think we're going to see a lot of guys from the running backs take, you know, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, a bunch of the top guys are going to come off the board. I also think we're going to see, again, the continuation of the wide receivers. T. Higgins falling out of the first round. I wouldn't be surprised to see him at the 33rd pick, first of the second round. You know, I mean, we're going to see a lot of playmakers, a lot of guys with first-round grades who are going to be absolute steals in round two. Oh, yeah. I mean, last season, you know, look at what Seattle did. Getting DK Metcalf, a guy who many people had in their first round of the mock draft at 64, wound up becoming a great playmaker. This is why the second round is sometimes more important than the first round because you can get great value for players in the second round who fell out of the first round. Oh, for sure. I, I honestly think the second round – can sometimes be more entertaining than the first round, uh, which is the start side of talent. But I mean, this I think these are my hot takes in the second round. I think with the Patriots trading out to 37, I think they're going to take Jalen Hurts uh, at quarterback. And then I think uh, the Dolphins at 39 are going to take DeAndre Swift. They're going to be the first ones to take a shot at him. And then you still got like T. Higgins, Grant Del Pitt, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Winfield. I mean, you got a lot of talent in the second round here, but I don't know. That's that's just what I thought. You yeah, see. absolutely. There's a ton of great talent in the second round. And my favorite guy that I like in the second round, there's some great DNs who fall out of the first round. You got Yatura Gross Matos out of Penn State. He's a talented kid, a lot of athleticism. AJ yeah. Espena out of Iowa. He has great technique. He'll be a steal for a team. And then Mario Addison, the DN out of Auburn. Look for him to make some disruption. Maybe he could even slide inside. You know, he got clocked in around 6'6", 303. Don't know if he's going to be the prototypical 4'3", DN. Look for him to maybe slide inside, but he's a disruptor. He'll do a great job. I like some D-linemen who come off the board in the second round. Yeah. And what do you think about J.K. Dobbins? Where do you, where do you think he'll fall? I think J.K. Dobbins, we'll see him call today. Maybe not second round, maybe third round, but it, no, definitely today. Yeah. I think the reason he fell out first round, the reason Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the first running back taken, because J.K. Dobbins had some fumbling issues at Ohio State. 18 fumbles, 15 lost. That's a lot of turnovers, you know, for somebody not named Jameis Winston. <laughs> so, you know, I, I feel like that's why he fell out of the first round. If he can clean up his fumbling issues, he will be a steal for whatever team drafts him today. Yeah, and speaking of Jameis Winston with the Bucks here, do you think the Bucks take a running back here in the second round? Ah, uh, that's interesting. I think the Bucks, the Bucks are in a position where they can take best available. You know, whatever position that may be, I yeah. think that they really don't have a glaring need anywhere. You know, I think they have a great passing attack that I don't think maybe they'll need to draft a running back. They can always still run with Ronald Jones, maybe look for some year three improvement. But I think they're in a position to draft best available here, and that's a great position to be in if you're an NFL team. Yeah, for sure. The Buccaneers, you know, they did good yesterday, and, you know, they can continue it today. Uh, anything else you got for us? Uh, no, that all that pretty much wraps it up. I'm looking, hopefully, the Seahawks get an edge rusher today. Hopefully, 
you know, I'm still waiting on Jadavian Clowney to say he's coming back, but you know, hopefully they get an edge rusher today and everything's looking pretty good. But I'm, I'm excited for the second and third rounds, ready for them to get going. Yeah. All right. Hey, well, thank you, Liam, for joining the show. Uh, maybe we'll have you on tomorrow after two and three, give you some more breakdown of the draft. So uh, thank you. Absolutely. And I just really quick like to say shout out to everybody who working hard behind the scenes of the NFL. You know, this, this COVID-19 outbreak has kept everybody at home and that draft. You know, if it wasn't virtual, you couldn't really tell because it went off flawlessly. Everybody was working hard behind the scenes, making sure that this draft went great. Yeah. And then I do have one thing for you. What was your favorite part of the draft? Like with, you know, the people, the live streams of people in their house, uh, you know, stuff like that. Coaches. What was your favorite part? Do you have a favorite part in it? Oh, I think, you know, I think there were a couple of good parts with the coaches, owners, all those guys, you know, mm-hmm. on the videos. You know, you got Andy Reid rocking the Hawaiian tee. He's like, I just want a Super Bowl. I'm in a great position to win another one. I can just rock a Hawaiian. You know, I don't really need to look good. You know, and then another one is the big flex. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. Jerry Jones. Yeah. You know, everybody's flexing in their house, their nice living rooms. He's just chilling on his $250 million super yacht, you know? <laughs> yeah, and then you got <laughs> Belichick in his shack in Nantucket. Yeah, I mean, Belichick, you know... No, he, he, his room was clean, you know, no, no eccentricities, no anything. He was just right there, ready to draft and then trade it out of the first round. He yeah. Was business as usual, typical Belichick, you know, and then a couple other guys, you know, uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. He was kind of, he was a little bougie there in his nice, nice Arizona, nice Arizona house. You know, there were a couple of guys who I really liked. And then Henry Ruggs, I believe in the <laughs> bathrobe. Yeah. You know, I believe it was him. Uh, you know, I'm just these guys are just having a lot of fun and making the best of a virtual draft and a great again, great job to the NFL for making that go off really, really smoothly. There were no really technical errors or difficulties. So I think it was still a great celebration, just you know, virtual and everybody was on. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well well thank you, Liam, for joining the show. It was nice hearing from you today. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me back on. Yep.